Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Good morning, church. Good morning. How you feeling this morning? How you feeling this morning? How you feeling this morning, church? How you feeling this morning? How you feeling? All right. So, so I'm, I'm Italian, right? And so as an Italian, uh, we're talkers, uh, but we're also interactors. And so I need a little interaction with you to preach my message. Otherwise, I feel like you're not getting it. And so I talk longer, right? And so maybe you want to eat lunch today. And so like, you're going to have to like talk back a little bit so we can get this done in a timely manner because I'm flawed. I'm a broken, flawed man uh, who needs your love and support, right? And so uh, if you have your Bible, go ahead and uh, turn to the Gospel of John this morning. Uh, and while you're there, you can kind of figure out where Isaiah is. Uh, Isaiah is in the, the first half of the book after the Psalms. Uh, but we're going to go there in a moment. You know, <clears throat> I was, uh, <laughs> we get this thing in America, uh, and I guess all over. As you get older, they have these things where they start uh, talking about, hey, do you remember like at the end of the year, they'll reminisce about the things that happened throughout the year. Uh, and then as you get older, they'll like, uh, they'll, they'll, here, here are some of you younger people, uh, will we'll discover this, this phenomena soon. If you're young and whatever you're listening to right now and you think you're cool, uh, one day they're going to play that music on the oldie station. You're going you're, 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 you're to you're gonna have to turn the dial to get to your music. And, uh, um, and, and, and at some point, you're going like, to not like the station that you're listening to right now. And you're going to play uh, a station that's got some new music and some of the good stuff, right? That's how you'll look at it. And then uh, that station will stop playing your music. And then you'll have to find a new place on the dial to find the oldies. And, uh, and you're like, why, are, why, is, why is the good music? On the oldie station. That doesn't make any sense. And then, as you get older, the oldie station won't play your music. You'll be like, this is, this is newer than the music I listen to. And you're going to have to make custom playlists of the real good music. Right? That's, 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 that's how life goes. Because we, we like to reminisce about the good old days. Right? We like to reminisce. And you know how you can tell um, the greatest time in an older person's life is, is how they wear their hair. Right? Have you noticed this? Have you noticed this? Find an older person and see how they style their hair. And generally, they get to a place in life where we're like, we're happy. And then they just keep doing their hair like that the rest of their life. Right? And so, so for some of us, you know, like some ladies will have bangs and it's like, hmm, that was big in the 90s. I see 90s were good for you. Right? And so, so this is what we do. We kind of, we'll, we'll, does anybody get what I'm saying right now? Yeah. So, so, so we reminisce, but at the same time, we try to hold on to these old things that we're reminiscing about. Right? We, don't, we, don't, we don't let the past be in the past and we move into the present because like, sometimes like, we fight hard for a breakthrough and rightfully so, we want to keep the breakthrough. Right? Like, may, maybe, maybe getting to college was like a lifelong goal of yours and then you finally graduate from college and you get this feeling of accomplishment and you just want to live in that moment forever. And, 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 and God wants you to fully remember that. God wants us to reminisce about these things. Uh, what I have found at this stage in my life is I take way more random pictures than I ever took before. 
Uh, I, 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 and if you eat dinner with me or you're hanging out with me, I will just randomly take pictures of people uh, because we tend to just have pictures of birthday parties uh, or, or holidays. And we don't like, as you get older, you're going you're gonna, to like miss, like, I remember when this friend group, we just hung out. I remember when my kids were little and they just sat there eating dinner. And I just take pictures. If you, if you know me, I really try to capture moments in my brain so that when times get tough, I can go back to those moments. I try to be present enough that I can recognize what God is doing in this very moment and, and let it be seared into my brain because the devil is always trying to give me an alternate reality to live in. And I want to live my life on purpose. I don't want to, amen, I don't want to just flow. I don't want the crowd to tell me where to go. I don't want peer pressure to tell me. I want to live my life on purpose. And I want the breakthroughs in my life to be waypoints that I remember. You, 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 and we're all on a, on a journey. And, um, you know, we, 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 we're all on a journey with God. And, and it's important to, to understand that, like, sometimes... The old days, like the days that were some of the greatest days of your life, feel like they're dead. Has it ever happened to you? And, and it's like when you have a really, like a loved aunt or an uncle or a grandparent, and you just had some great moments with them when you were a child, and then you, then you unfortunately have to bury them at some point. And, and you look back on your times with them with joy but with grief at the same time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or, or maybe you had like a great job and the business folded and you look back at that job like, that was an amazing job, that was an amazing time, but ah, then I got fired, right? And so you, you have it, but it's tainted by what came next. And it's almost like the tragedy that happened uh, becomes more real than the breakthrough that God gave us. Are, 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 are you with me at all? And so I, I like to try to like just really get the good time seared in my brain. Let it be isolated. Let it be soloed so that I can live in that moment without the taint of what happened to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah and so, you know, I have, I'm, I'm sharing this intro this long because I had a distinct um, sense as I was preparing this message at the end of, 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 of last week, <clears throat> my, my voice is doing funny things this morning, so I don't want to yell. I'm going to lose it if I do. I, we had this kind of move of God at the end of service last week, and, and God began to touch people. Anybody remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah there was this, yeah. Are you, look at your neighbor and ask him if they're awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say he's, he's talking up there, and he's looking for some response, right? And so at the end of the service last week, God did something. God did something, and um, I, I believe, you know, as I was preparing, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, uh, um, the God of the resurrection is going to resurrect some things today. <laughs> that, that's good news. The God of the resurrection is going to resurrect some things today. So I, I'm going to need you to be kind of um, paying attention in some familiar scripture. That sound good? Okay, John chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Um, and, and, and before we put that up, we are in a message series on the road to the cross, right? So, so next, next Sunday, do you have our, our graphic there, Anastasia? Uh, we're, on the, we're on the journey to the cross. And next Sunday is Palm Sunday, and the Sunday after that is Resurrection Sunday, right? And, and, and Resurrection Sunday is a big deal. It's kind, of a, it's, it's kind of why we're saved, right? It's a big deal. And... Um, and, and we tend to 
take these things for granted. We get a little, like us Protestants like to act like we're the least religious, but sometimes we can be the most religious. We will take the spiritual significance out of anything, right? Like it does not matter how important it is. We're like, oh, that's religious. Like, no, actually this is the whole point of the thing, right? And so the Resurrection Sunday is the point. Resurrection Sunday is not about growing your church. Resurrection Sunday is about people recognizing that Jesus rose from the dead so that we can have relationship with the Father, our sins forgiven, and heaven on earth. This, this, this is what it's about. And it's important that people find out about this. It's super, super important. And, 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 and um, the church today, there's kind of like a popular thing that, that churches do today. They do 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. Have, have you done this? Has your church ever done this? We've done it in the past. 21 days of prayer and fast. Well, it just so happens that many churches do 40 days uh, between um, uh, Ash Wednesday and, and Easter, right? There's 40 days, and you're like, oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, they started it like in the year 325, right? At the Council of Nicaea, the, they, the, the church globally started this, and they called it Lent uh, from, from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday. And the church all over the world has been doing this for the last 1,700 years, right? And the church in America thought, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll get together and pray and fast for a couple weeks. And the other church is like, hey, welcome to the party. That's, that's great. Why don't you come on with us? We, we've already been doing this, right? And so us as a house, we're, just, we're, we're preparing ourselves for Resurrection Sunday. Where the world is looking to have a better year, we're looking to appreciate our Savior. This, this is the goal. And so we're preparing ourselves for Resurrection Sunday. So John chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Jesus, who's the main character of the New Testament, if you've not read the book, Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where, G where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples whom was intending to betray him, said, Why was his perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to poor people? Now, he said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief, and as he had the money box, and he used to pilfer what was put into it. Therefore, Jesus said, let her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The large crowd of the Jews then learned that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. But the chief priests planned to kill Lazarus and to death also. Excuse me, put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. Can you say amen to the reading of the word? Amen. amen. Now, now, there's a lot going on here, and, 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 and chances are you're very familiar with this story. If you've been a Christian, you grew up going to church, or you've been to church, you've probably heard this story preached a lot of times. And, and there's probably a bunch of messages that you've heard from it. And uh, I am going to just take a, just step out on a limb and guess that many of the stories, many of the teachings that you've heard on this scripture were not actually biblical. 
I am going to make that assumption here because I've heard more unbiblical teachings on this passage than I have ones that are faithful to the text. So we're going to dive in today because I believe the Lord has something for us today. Can you say amen? The problem is we get so familiar with the Bible that we lose the meaning of it. Just like we get too familiar with the, 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 the virgin birth, we get too familiar with the, the sacrifice, we get too familiar with the resurrection, we get too familiar with the church, we get too familiar with our spouse, we get too familiar with our kids, and we lose the value and the power of having these things in our lives. And so we talked about this before where we have to kind of unlearn what we've known so we can learn the truth again. We have to disconnect our eyes, get our eyes a little bit out of focus so we can get refocused on the truth. We have to get unfamiliar with the scriptures to get familiar once again. And so, so, so as we look again at this with fresh eyes, I believe we're going to see something fresh in the scripture. Let me give you an example. Um, do you remember when you first met Jesus? Do, do, do you remember? Do you remember when you did not know God and then you met him and you started reading the Bible and it started making sense? Do you remember that? Do you, do you remember what it was like to begin worshiping God and then you felt like he was right there with you? Like, like you would be at home maybe reading your Bible and like he would flood the room with his presence or, or you would just begin to just talk to a, a, a stranger about him or a co-worker or a family member and it was like he was giving you magic words, right? Like, like I don't even know where that came from. I don't even know where this came I just was speaking and these words came out of my mouth and it just felt like, did I just get used by God? Did that really, do, do you remember that feeling? Do you remember the shock and awe that God would actually use you? Yeah? And then, it just becomes normal. It goes from something that's wholly sanctified and divine to, eh, you know, eh, I know I should talk to this cashier, but, you know, you know I'm kind of hungry when I get home. You know, I, I know, I, I know God is telling me that I should be giving money to that, but, you know, I got those shoes I wanted to get. We get like, like, we go from like, the God of all creation is actually talking to me to, eh, God will probably wait. It's probably not that important. We get so familiar. We get so familiar. And we, and we see this with like men and, and, and women and, and, and children who uh, defy their, their families. And, and, and I've had the, 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 the blessed opportunity to speak into broken marriages. And, and, the, and one spouse will say like, I did not realize what I had. And the enemy made me think that there was something better out there. And I was completely deceived into thinking that my marriage wasn't that big a deal. And now I am broken. And I say I get the honor because at least they've come to the humility of recognizing that what they had is important. But I meet so many Christians who get this encounter with God and then they move on to something else as if that was a phase in their life, not recognizing that the, the prince of the power of the air has come and stolen the seed out of their life. And now this thing that was supposed to be the biggest tree in their garden 
garden is just a little plant that they keep in the kitchen on the counter that they look at now and then. And God is like, this is what I want to be the center of your life. This was supposed to grow. This was supposed to be big. This was supposed to bring gifts and fruit. And instead, we have, we have sacrificed it to the common and moved on to something else. And I'm hoping as a people that we will recapture the gospel. We will recapture this relationship with Jesus, recapture the anointing, recapture the word of God as being holy and something other than us. This is what I'm believing God for. And so, so, so as we look at the story, we, 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 we got to remember this, this, this Bible as people argue over words and argue over, did, did they mean this word or that word? Like, like but no, no, th- th- this is a story in here. Have you ever been in an argument with somebody and they're like, well, you use this word. You're like, well, that's not the point. The point is this big story that I'm telling. And in this word, God is telling a story. And it's super important that we get the story before we start arguing over the sentences and the words in the story that they use to convey it. Does that make sense? It's super important that you understand the story. And in this, Jesus is, excuse me, uh, John is telling a story about Jesus at this very, very specific moment in time. It's, it's not the words, it's, it's the story that he's telling. The gospel is a story. And hear me, your life is a story within the story of God. You've got to find yourself within God and find your story within the story of God on earth. Amen. All right, this is a good word. I feel like it's a good word. All right, so verse 3, we see, we see Jesus is at the table. We know that um, Lazarus is at the table. And in verse 3, we see Mary took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of of the perfume. Okay, leave that up there for a second. So we got Mary, we got Jesus. We already know about Lazarus. Uh, and, 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 and here, you've probably heard a teaching on this before. Mary gets this oil and pours it over his feet. Now, the custom of the day was when you have an honored guest come into the home, you offered to have your servant wash their feet and you may, if it's a big deal, anoint their head with oil, right? Psalm 23, you anoint my head with oil. It means that you're welcomed in, we bring you in, you're part of who we are, we want to anoint your head with oil. But she did something different. Mary instead bathes Jesus' feet with this very expensive oil that was very, very fragrant. Now, I like cologne. You probably like perfume or cologne or whatever. Most people do. You go out, you put on some. But there's a thing where you put on too much, right? You know, you know the guy at work who wears too much cologne, right? Like you smell them before they come. When they leave, they're still there even though you don't want them to be there, right? Nobody likes too much. And so here we have this fragrance that's filled the entire room. And so as we, as we, as we read this, we, we have to think, what... what what, what's going on here? Now, there's a lot of teachings on Mary. Uh, there's this teaching that Mary is also Mary Magdalene or Mary that had the demons cast out of her and she was this illicit woman. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible never says that that's this woman. No. So let, let, let me break this down for you. <laughs> Mary gets this expensive perfume and puts it on the feet of Jesus 
And somewhere throughout history, they try to turn Mary into a bad person. Now, as a side note here, let me just talk to you as a father for a second. Jesus cares about women. Can you say amen? God believes that women can be empowered to do whatever men can do. Can you say amen? Men cannot do everything women can do. I've never had a child. Never going to happen, right? Women are equal to men in the Bible. Anytime a woman actually does something great here, they want to turn her into a prostitute. Why, why would they do that? Do not allow people to put you in a box and put you down because you did something that makes some man feel insignificant, all right? Do not allow them to paint you as some sort of Jezebel or some sort of harlot or some sort of whatever just because you did something that they didn't think about doing, right? When you see Jesus, you see women serving him. When you see the church of Jesus Christ in America today, you see women serving the body of Jesus even today, right? You always see more women than men serving in the church, but they only want to make men leaders. Why? It ain't because of Jesus. I'll give you a little thing, right? It's because some people are insecure. And women are valued by God. They're valuable. They do valuable stuff. They need to be valued and let their, uh, let their ministries shine. Can you say amen? That's just my little rant like there. I need you to get it in your spirit, ladies. Get it in your spirit. Be who God has called you to be. You do not, so my wife and I, we, we co-pastor. I preach. Why? Because she don't want to preach. Period. She don't want to. And so she don't have to. Now, if I was insecure and I dominated her, I would make her to make me look better. Look how I'm empowering women. But I don't make my wife do that. Well, because that would be an unhappy marriage, number one. And there's plenty of women in here who can minister. God has brought them, so we allow them. Or are you with me? Okay, so as we look at this, I want you to reject these theologies that make women in the harlots because they did something good. Amen. If you don't get nothing else, get that, okay? So there's Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They're, they're brothers and sisters. They live as single people in a house. Lazarus is known as the best friend of Jesus on the earth, right? He wasn't an apostle, but they were friends, right? And so we got these three single people that have a fourth single person over for dinner, Jesus. Like, if you're single, I hope you see yourself in the scriptures. You may not see yourself in the church a lot because the church is desperate to have married couples serving and working, and, but if you're single, I hope you see yourself in the scriptures, I hope you see, because our Savior was single. Our Savior was single. And he was really good at ministry. He was really good, right? And he's pretty important in the scriptures, right? So, so this oil that, 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 that Mary has, um, <clears throat> Judas, <laughs> Mary pours it on, on, on Jesus' feet. Now, they use that as a burial preparation. What, what would happen is, um, when you would die, they would put you in a crypt, right? It was kind of, a, kind of a cave with a limestone bed. And they put your body on there, they wrap you, and then they put all kind of perfume on you. And eventually, uh, the limestone is a very dry stone and very porous, so it would draw the moisture, this is gross, it would draw the moisture out of the body. The body would decompose, they'd come back later, Years later, they collect the bones and they put it in a crypt. That's how it would work back in the day. And so they would say they borrowed a grave. And you'd be like, how do you borrow a grave, right? This is how you borrow a grave. You put the body on the slab 
Once the body is fully decomposed, uh, you gather the bones. So people might be going in and out of this grave and decaying matter stinks. So they put this very, very, very pungent perfume on the body to keep it from stinking. Now, I, 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 I see Mary is anointing Jesus and Judas is like, why, why are you doing that? Why, why, why are you anointing him? We, we could have sold that oil and made a bunch of money. Now, now here's what I want you to see. Don't, don't you love how haters are going to come in and try to knock what someone else is doing for Jesus? Right? You, you actually win someone to the Lord, or you actually begin to get active, and then haters are going to come along and tell you to calm down a little bit. You start a ministry. You start doing something good. You, you actually see God using your life. Haters come along and say, oh, well, I don't know if you should be doing it that way. I, I, I'd be careful of this. Oh, oh I, don't, I don't know if you should be doing it this way. Haters are going to constantly try to tear down what you're building for Jesus. It's what haters do, right? Oh, oh, you're, oh your family's doing good. Watch out. Kids turn bad. Like, I bind that lie in the name of Jesus. I bind that devil in the name of Jesus. My kid's going to go bad. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. That, no, that's not what's going to happen. You just declare that your kids are going to be flourishing and purposeful and blessed no matter where they're at right now. Amen? So Judas is here trying to tear down what Mary's doing. Oh, well, why, 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 why don't we sell that oil instead and, and, and give the money to the poor, trying to be more righteous than Mary who's anointing Jesus? Like, somebody always got a better idea. Oh, I should be running this thing. No, no, actually, you shouldn't. Actually, your heart was just revealed because we know you're a thief. So jealous people are constantly going to try to steal your shine. They feel it's a threat to them. Hear me right now. You've got to recognize the plans of the enemy. They're going to try to steal your shine. They're going to try to, make my oh, look at this thing. Maybe I should be in charge. Judas is like, how come I'm not getting the limelight? See, they, in every circumstance, the thief wants to steal from you. They can't. They can't box it in. That's why the Lord allows him to be uncovered. So, 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 so she's here anointing Jesus' feet. And Judas is like, oh, we could have sold that. We could have sold that and uh, given, it, given the money to the poor. Did you see anywhere in scriptures where they gave money to the poor? It's nowhere in there. They fed the poor. They preached the good news to the poor. They healed the poor. But Judas got a good idea. Hey, why don't you shut up in the same place, right? Why don't you just, just, just do your job, right? Are, are you with me? Are, are you with me? Are, are we together right now? I, I need you to get this story. Watch this. Um, so, <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, verse 7, therefore Jesus said, leave her alone that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you are not always going to have me. So Jesus is here telling them what she's doing is not just pouring perfume on me. It's not just an offering. She's preparing my body for burial. She's actually doing a prophetic act of anointing Jesus for burial. And he's saying to Judas, like, you be quiet. She's actually following me. Jesus is letting them know, I am going to die. And this is a big deal. Now, we're looking forward to Easter, but before Easter Sunday is Good Friday, where Jesus is crucified. And before Good Friday, there's Palm Sunday. And here we are six days before Palm Sunday. And, and, and Jesus is in Bethany. He's in the town of Bethany getting ready for Passover, which is a week later. 
the only thing is, nobody there knew that Jesus was the actual Passover lamb that year. Jesus was going to be offered as the Passover lamb that when he's crucified, it's for the, sin, uh, it's for the sins of the world and for death to pass over us. Not just the lamb that was crucified for death to pass over Israel way back in Egypt. This, he was going to be the Passover lamb. He knew that. Prophetically, Mary knew that. But all of the carnal minds did not get it, that he was a Passover lamb. But I want you to hear this. And this is, this is what I really feel like God wants to drive home. He is always setting you up for victory. He is always setting you up for victory. Watch this. It says, oh goodness. Okay, John chapter 12, verse 1. We, we skip over this stuff all the time. Put it up for me, please. Therefore, Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where? Where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. We just kind of skip over the whole resurrection thing there. We just kind of skip over the fact that there's a guy sitting at the table who happened to be dead a little while ago, who was in the grave for four days. There's a dead body at the dinner who's alive. Jesus is at a table. Martha is still serving because bless the Lord, Martha got a gift of serving and we thank the Lord Jesus for people with gifts of serving. Martha is serving. Mary is at the feet of Jesus, ministering to Jesus. And dead Lazarus is over there breathing, waiting for Mary to come bring him some, Martha to come bring him some food. Now, this is an odd scene that we're looking at right now. If you read this story and you think, oh, okay, that's normal. No, you have read the Bible too many times. Slow down a little bit. This is a weird scene, right? Weird scene. We got Martha making dinner. Mary's pouring expensive oil on Jesus' feet. A dead dude is over here waiting to get dinner served to him. We got crazy stuff happening. And Jesus, the one who raised him from the dead, is just chilling, right? This is a crazy scene. And God is trying to paint a picture for us, all right? All right? So, 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 so Jesus is alive. He's the one who raised their brother from the dead. And he's telling them, I'm going to die. What, what, what does that make you think? I don't want you to die. You raised my brother from the dead. I'm pouring oil on your feet. This is a big deal. It makes you wonder, why does, why does Mary still have, why does she have this expensive bottle of oil? Why does she have this? Let me tell you my theory on this. Are you ready? It wasn't because she was a prostitute. That's, that's, that's crazy. She had a brother who died. She had a dead brother. That she wanted to keep his dignity in death and wanted to anoint him so he didn't stink up the joint. Only problem was she didn't get a chance to anoint him because she was off begging Jesus to raise him from the dead. She went out to find him. If only you had been there, he would not have died. If only you had been there. That means that she wasn't there to anoint him. And so here by the Spirit, she knows that Jesus is going to die. And she's got this big thing of oil sitting there with her. Now her alive brother don't need it. This is why she got a big old thing of oil, because she loved her brother so much, she spent all this money because I got to give my brother some dignity in death. But now she got it. She starts pouring it on the feet of Jesus. Get Jesus ready. Now, I need you to see this picture. This is a really, really big deal. While Jesus is sitting there telling them, I'm going to die, there's a dude who used to be dead at the other end of the table. I'm going to die, but I'm leaving you with a testimony of resurrection. 
Come on, somebody. Listen, sometimes, sometimes we got to make way out of the old testimony to come into the new one. The old testimony was that Lazarus got raised from the dead, and Jesus is like, guess what? There's going to be a death. <coughs> Lazarus at the end of the table. Put the picture together, right? Put, put, put things together here. Connect the dots. Finish the picture, right? Follow the numbers to the dots. You see resurrection power in my life. And so we got, we got Mary here anointing the feet of Jesus, getting ready to bury him. Jesus is like, I'm going to die. And Lazarus is like, we got any hummus, right? Like, like he, he's like saying, hey, and, and yet we don't get it. Yeah, we missed this in the story. Could you imagine? Can you imagine? Now, now, now watch this. Verse 9. The large crowd of the Jews then learned that Jesus was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. It was a big deal to people at that time. Everybody knew that he was dead four days. And he came out the grave, right? But the chief priests planned to kill Lazarus. They put him to death also because on, on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Here's what I need you to hear in this. Here's what I need you to hear, man. We love to be somebody. We love it. We love to be somebody. And like our culture today, we like to be somebody and we like to do it on our own. We like to be independent. We like to be in control. We like to be in charge. We like to be able to say we got it together, right? Only problem with that is that don't bring God no glory. It doesn't bring God any glory for you to do it on your own. And guess what? If you're saved, you didn't do it on your own. Jesus did it for you. Period. He did it for you. He did what you could not do. He let us come to recognize that we were failures so that we could receive Him as Savior. You cannot be saved without recognizing that you failed to get this thing done. And those who think they're getting it done have failed. We can only be saved by recognizing that there is no way to the Father except through the Son. Are you following me? Are you, are, are you, are you following me here? Jesus couldn't even be resurrected on His own. The Spirit came and did it. Follow me. So Lazarus. It's probably nothing more humiliating than dying. That's ultimate failure. Would you agree? That's ultimate failure. And psychologists tell us that most fears are ultimately based in death. Most fears are ultimately ba based in the fear of death. And if you trace most fears, we conclude that they will result in dying. Somebody found out I was not what I said I was going to do. I'm going to lose my job. I'll starve and die. Right? Like, they all go to death. I'm scared of getting cancer. If I get cancer, I will die. I'm scared of going flying because if I fly in a plane, it will crash and I will Right? You hear what I'm saying? Most, most fears are based in death. And Jesus is like, I'm not going to deal with all your fears. I'll just deal with death. I'll just, I'll just conquer death. And so all your fears, fears will lead to resurrection. They just all lead to resurrection. And I hope some of you get this in your spirit today. I really, I feel like this is a better message than you're, than you're preaching back to me. But that's all right. I'll keep preaching. So, 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 so Lazarus who was in the ultimate failure, is sitting at the end of the table. Now, some people might be scared to show their face. Because when Jesus called them out, 
Lazarus come out of that tomb. He came out with his grave clothes still on, right? Jesus unfolded his up and, and, and came out, right? Like Jesus is like, I took care of things. I'm good, right? I don't, need, I don't need any healing now. I'm resurrected. Lazarus needed other people to unwrap his grave clothes. See, when you come out of the spiritual death of sin, you need other people to help you get your life right, to get cleaned up, to get the grave clothes off of you because we bring our old failures with us. We bring our own sickness with us. We bring our own sinful habits with us. And we need other people in our lives to help unwrap the grave clothes that are on us. See, most people don't recognize they're living life with grave clothes. Even though God has called us out of the tomb, there's people still walking and talking and looking like they're flourishing, they think. But really, we see them with spiritual eyes and say, you're living with grave clothes. You have your hope in something other than Jesus Christ. You think that a bank account is going to save you or you think that getting the right family is going to save you or get your life together or you're going to avoid this certain sickness and that's going to save you. And I, I like to avoid all those things, but at the same point, Ultimately, it's only the sacrifice, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that's going to bring you into ultimate life. Can you say amen? And so, and, so, and, so, and so we try to hide. We try to hide like we come into Christ, and then we, here's what we do. We act like we've always been like this. We act like we always had our life together, like we've always been Christians. We, we act like, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't do what they do. Like in other people in your life, your family be like, well, I remember when you did do that. I remember when you used to do that. And you're like, mama, don't say nothing about that. Don't say that in front of the kids. Don't, don't let the kids know that I used to be wilding out, that I used to be. No, no, no. You was crazier than them. You, I remember when you were that age. You were crazier than them. No, 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 mom. No, no, no. I want to act like you were like, like you were all, you know, Reverend Flip Flop from the very beginning, but you weren't. You weren't, right? You, 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 you were a hot mess before Jesus came in. And we try to hide that. Like, we want to act like we never had any grave clothes. We want to act like we always had it together. And Lazarus just sitting at the table. Hey, I'm a dead dude. Yeah, I'm the guy who's dead. That's, um, what's up? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, gee, this is my homie. He brought me back to life. I couldn't have done it on my own. It was him. I used to be dead. Now I'm alive. It's because of him, right? Like, he was, and, and, and so, so, so we think we have to hide our failures. Watch this. But Jesus is trying to show them off because they actually bring him glory. All those Jews were there because not because Lazarus never died, but because Lazarus died and was raised again. And, and, and if we wonder, like, why don't the people near me know Jesus? Because we don't tell them our testimony about what God did in our lives. We don't have to, like, we're busy so trying to tell people what to do, tell people what to say, don't use this word, don't say gay. We're so worried about what everybody else is doing. You just need to tell people your testimony and let Jesus work all that other stuff out. Amen? You need to just let people know, man, I, oh, I used to be crazy like that myself. Jesus came and saved me. I don't do it no more. Bless the lamb. But if not, whoo, who knows? I'd still be in the grave, right? I would still be stuck on stupid if it weren't for Jesus. We want to act like we never needed him. We want to act like, we, like we're so high and mighty. Like, like man, my, my life was a hot mess before Jesus came in. I thought I had stuff together. Anybody else like that? I thought I had it figured out. I thought I was doing things. I was moving and shaking, and I had plans, and I was, I was seizing the day, and I was all that good stuff going straight to hell. <laughs> my life was crazy. People in my life I couldn't trust. People in my, I, I, you know, I sit in bed with my wife at night, and I'm just like, ah. <sighs> First partner I ever had, I wasn't worried about cheating on me. Oh, this is a good feeling. This is a good feeling. Like, and I'm not worried about me cheating on her. Praise the lamb. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm just, I see like, I just like, some people are like, that looks like a boring marriage. Yep, boring. I don't have to worry about my wife running around on me. 
Praise God. Like I was, I'll take that kind of boring any day. I've had lots of drama in my life. Hallelujah. Right? There's, yeah, like, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Are you feeling me at all? There is a boring life that is so glorious. It is so glorious. It is so glorious. It's just like, like you know who's going to be my wife next week? Tracy. Just, it's, just, it's just like that. You know who's going to be around? God. He's just going to be there. He's going to be there forever. You know what I'm going to be doing next week? Praising God. You know what I'm going to do in a month from now? Praising God. A year from now? Praising God. Ten years from now? Praising God. Like, my life is, like, I got this thing figured out. Like, like I'll be praising God. What will I be doing in the midst of it? Don't know. But I know I'll be praising God. And hopefully we'll be growing old together. Amen? Just, 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 just blessing the Lord. Follow me here. I'm almost done. I hope you're getting this. But we got to drag out our grave clothes. If we don't drag out our grave clothes, we'll forget where we came from. And nobody will know what Jesus did. All these people were there, not because Jesus was great, but because the testimony of Lazarus's grave clothes. And Lazarus, his testimony points to Jesus. So, 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 so get this prophetic picture. We got a death about to happen right next to a resurrection that already happened. We got a death that's about to happen right next to a death that got disrupted. And in your life, there may be a great thing that God did in the past. You might have these amazing memories of what God did for you. And then you start seeing it kind of falling apart. And you're like thinking, oh my gosh, it's, 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 it's going to die. Like maybe... Maybe you were really close to Jesus. Maybe you were with a group of people close to Jesus. Maybe you were Mary and Martha, and, and, and you got a sick brother, and he dies. And you're like, what, what, what? Not, I don't mean physically your brother, but maybe it was a ministry. Maybe it was a, a business. Maybe it was a relationship, and maybe it was a, 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 like a, a dream that you had that was flourishing. And then, and then it kind of dies, and you're like, what, God, what? What happened? What, what, what happened to this thing? And you're sitting at the table and you're talking about it and you're like, God, I don't... But, but at the table with you is the resurrected Jesus. At the table with you as you're breaking bread talking about what happened, you got the, you got the very resurrected one you're talking to about death. You're talking about, oh, this thing died. And Jesus is like, yeah, I've been to death. Yeah, um, it, 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 uh, I done conquered it, right? Like, I came back from it. It's not a place you have to stay. It's a place you get to pass through. And when you pass through death, there's something better on the other side. You see, Lazarus died and rose from the dead, but there's a better testimony about to happen. There's a new death coming, but there's a better resurrection coming. You see, there was a four-day Lazarus resurrection that brought many Jews to Christ, but there's about to be a Jesus death and resurrection that's going to bring the whole world to Christ. You see what I'm saying here? You see, there, in your future right now, maybe there's a death happening and you are got like that old memory that you're like, I don't want to think about that old memory because that painful thing is there with it. I want you to stop thinking about the painful thing. I want you to remember what God did and I want you to look to the future and say, I might be going towards the grave right now, but I'm only passing through this grave because on the other side is the resurrection because Jesus is the resurrected one is chilling at the table with me asking for some hummus, right? He's there with me telling me, listen, I have conquered death. You do not need to fear. Can you say amen? amen? I feel like this is a good word. I feel like this is a good word. I'm going long, but give me a second. I'm almost done. 
in, uh, in, 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 in the book of Isaiah. Are you with me? Are we good for a second? You got a minute for me? In the book of Isaiah, there's this time where, where, where Isaiah was prophesying, look, get right, people, or things are going to go bad. And, and they didn't get right. Things went bad. Judah got carried off into um, Babylon, and they were in Babylonian captivity. And he begins to talk to them at Isaiah chapter 43. And he starts to bring up the Old Testimony to him. He said, thus says the Lord, verse 16, in Isaiah chapter 43, thus says the Lord who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, the army and the mighty man. They will lie down together and not rise again. They have been quenched and extinguished like a wick. Now he's making reference. Watch this. Just follow me for a second. Keep your brain on for a second. He's talking about the Exodus here, right? Remember the Exodus where they came out of Egypt through the water into the desert? You remember this? Yes? Yeah, he brought them out like a miracle. He's like, hey, verse 18, don't think about those things anymore. Don't, 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 fo- don't, don't focus on my past. Stop looking back to that miracle. Watch this. This is the word for you, verse 19. Behold, I will do something, what, what's the word? New. I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Come on up if you would play. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Verse 21, the people whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. Can you say amen? You see, those old testimonies of what God did was to form something in you, to make a a framework for you to trust him in hard times. But what God is doing in the future, he's like, stop trying to hold on to that old thing. Stop trying to hold on what I did before. Let the thing die. I have a resurrection for something new that I want to bring into your life. You say amen. See, we got to carry the testimony of what God did for us with an open hand. We share it with the people around us. We remember it. We thank God for it. But we got to, we got to, we got to hold it with an open hand because he may want to take it. He, want to, he may want to take it and put a better one in our hand. He might want to take it and put a more glorifying one in our hands. You see, we go from glory to glory. Can you say amen? That means we got to leave the former glory to come into the new glory. See, you want what you had in the past, but Jesus is building something better right now. You want what you had in the past, but Jesus is building something better right now. The Bible says the latter house shall be greater than the former house. And so many of us are wrapped up in our lives trying to keep the former, the latter house, that we can't get the new one that God is trying to build for us. Amen. Stand with me if you would. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul Paul talks about this very thing. He says, oh, there was a time I had it all. I had it all figured out. A Pharisee of the Pharisees. I, I, I had it all, but, 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 but I gave up everything. I gave everything so that for the hope of knowing Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Now, some of you are carrying testimonies, and they're good testimonies. But God has a better testimony. Now, you get that old testimony, you share it with people. You show them your grave clothes. But God's got a better testimony for you today. And as you're living life, you have to remember 
that at your table, the resurrected one is sitting at the table with you. And as you're talking about the death you're walking through, the resurrected one is sitting at the head of the table saying, yeah, I seen a resurrection. I seen a death. It ain't all that bad. I'm there reigning supreme. You say amen. Come on, let's begin to sing this out with our, with our voice. Come on, give a clap off for the Lord. Let's sing this out. He's a faithful God. I've seen you move. Come on, sing it out. You move the mountains and I tonight if you want to come and pray we're going to pray pray in God's promises if you want prayer you